Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, MJ, and I'm going to tell you about my number one secret when I shop for wine. The best strategy is to look at the back label and look for a trusted importer. And one of the most trusted names in wine for the past 30-plus years is Skernick Wines and Spirits. Since 1987, the Skernick brothers, Michael and Harmon, have scoured the earth looking to find super high-quality wines of distinction and then bring them back into the United States so that they can be available to you at your local store or restaurant. The company is headquartered right here in New York City, but they are also a direct wholesale distributor in eight states, including New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and last but definitely not least, my beloved wine home of California. They also import many wines that are sold in all 50 states through their partner distributors. I recently interviewed Harmon Skernick right here on the Black Wine Guy podcast, and let me tell you, these guys are the real deal. If you want to learn more about Skernick Wines and Spirits, please have a look at their awesome website. It's www.skernick.com. That's www.skurnik.com. Or you can even give them a call at 212 212- 273-W-I-N-E. That's 212-273-WINE. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the Mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is an author. He's a senior partner at Deloitte. He's a certified sommelier with the Guild of Master Sommeliers, a certified specialist of wine, and he's currently a Master of Wine candidate. Please say hello to Michael Jurgens. What is up? Oh, Michael, so glad you're here. I'm going to tell him a little bit more about you. He has written a number of books on wine and runs the wildly popular Drinking and Knowing Things wine blog, which was adapted into a book that provides 52 specific wine recommendations. He is also the founder of the Bhutan Wine Company. He is leading the development of the wine industry in the beautiful Himalayans Mountains. Uh, he owns the award-winning Southern California Rum, actually SoCal Rum Company, which recently was awarded the highest point score in history for any silver rum. And uh, now it's so good, it's platinum. Um, he is also a professor at the Paul Mirage School of Business at the University of California, Irvine. Uh, Michael currently lives in Southern California, where he spends his time blind tasting and doing extreme sports. Welcome to the show, Michael. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, you did a great job. I sound, I sound amazing. You do. Don't yeah. you love that? Like when people like read your, your like, like, you're like, like damn it, I'm, did I do all that? Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Um, <laughs> so, Michael, man, uh, you brought some. What, what wines you bring for us for the, our day drinking session here? Ah, uh, so I, I brought some interesting. Now, mind you, I was fettered by uh, what I could get locally. Yeah. So I I, uh, I brought a bottle of rum for you, stuck that in my suitcase, but I had to go source some shit locally. But I tracked down a, a Verdejo, okay, which is pretty oxidized, um, and it's a 125-year-old ungrafted Verdejo vines um, from Castilla de Leon. 
And then uh, the other one I brought, and I, I'll be interested to see if you if you even know what this is. It's uh, Ihuligi, which is, uh, as Anne likes to, to pronounce it, I rule a guy. <laughs> That's kind of how it's spelled. It's I rule a guy. But it's a... Uh, it's a t- see, I would have said Ilaria. Jesus. Yeah, that's the, the producer's Ilaria. But this is a Tanat Cab Franc Cabernet blend from the French Basque country, and it's the rosé style. The actual still red wines are, are even more dope, but they didn't have that, so we're doing the rosé. Okay, But it's wow. pretty, pretty interesting. It's right. interesting shit. brought some funky stuff, man. I love it. I love it. Um, well, you are such an interesting guy. There's so much to get into in this show. And first of all, everybody, like, first of all, you need to understand, this is a first guest like that rolled deep <laughs> like he rolled deep he rolled in here he's got five he's got an entourage there's five people in the studio and we're in this tiny ass studio i hope everyone's vaccinated um, <laughs> um <laughs> but this is a lot of fun i feel like uh the show's evolving in season three man so uh thanks for uh bringing everybody here um so you're a socal boy born and raised born and raised tell me what it's like growing up in southern california uh pretty awesome man i i grew up in um uh, a little town called Newport Beach. Uh, my elementary school. Heard was, of it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Our, my elementary school was literally on the bluff overlooking the bay, and you know we would. It was a different world back then, man. There was a lot of surfing and riding bikes, and um, a lot less uh, douchebaggery. Yeah, let's let's. Put yeah, I mean, because the beach towns. I mean, I lived out in California in the mid um, early two thousands. You know. And people would tell me about like how the beach towns. Yeah. Like I lived in Santa Barbara. There used to be a fucking stoplight on the 101. That's how small it was. You yeah. know what I mean? So like all those beach towns, like no one wanted to. Oh, no, no. They were the ghettos. Like yeah. you know, the, the rich people lived in Los Angeles yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the poor people lived yeah. out on, on the, the beach. beach. Yeah. And then uh, at some point they figured out, oh, we fucked this up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to flip this around, you know. Um, but it, yeah, it was, you know, you had these little beach bungalows and, you know, we used to go sleep on the sand and go surfing and that was it was cool yeah i can imagine i just remember when i lived out there you like go to some of the high schools and you like the football stadium is a fucking mountain over here right like you like yeah. sit or like or like the basketball courts on a bluff <laughs> right like it's, yeah. it's like it's like bananas you know it's so different from the east coast um so were you was your family into wine at all or just... not in the slightest yeah I, actually the way i the way i got into wine like we i grew up you know we were I grew up in the '80s in California. There was there was shit going on back yeah. back then. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my dad had gone to Italy and had come home, and they someone had given him this bottle of 1975 Gatinara, and he didn't know what it was. And he sat there and he was like, "Yo, Mike, uh, I got this bottle. It's old. Like it's got to be good because it's old. Like, do you want some of this?" I'm like, "I don't drink wine, Dad." And he's like, "Come on." I'm like, "All right." And my mom was like, you go out and drink that shit in the garage. And so we were sitting, <laughs> we were sitting in the garage. We lit up cigars. And we pour. I remember this vividly. Like it was yesterday. I was maybe 22 years old. And um, we poured it into red Solo cups. And I remember taking the first sip and going, oh, fuck. That's what this is all about. And so that was like the aha moment. Wow. Like there's something wow. here. Wow. But I didn't really start. Like I just kind of dabbled around trying to figure out more about it and then that led to one thing and the next thing and the next thing and next thing you know you're in the Himalayan mountains planting fucking below <laughs> 9,000 feet yeah I mean I see, I see, I see how it yeah. got from there to there so quickly <laughs> <laughs> um, so your dad you said he had that bottle of Gatinara was he um, 
I read somewhere that you build hot rods. Was your father into cars? Did you get into cars because of your dad? No, or? my dad's like a he's like a physicist. Okay, so he's he's more like the intellectual type, and I was kind of the guy doing the dumb, the dumb stuff. Um, so yeah, no, not at all. I, I'm not sure where I got it. I, I got into motorcycles when I was a teenager, and that sort of led me down the the if it's got an engine and it goes the need real for fast. Speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. If it makes noise like and it goes fast, I'm all in. <laughs> Soul County is I, I can't drive 55. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so we were talking in our, our warm-up that uh, you're a runner. Um, and uh, when you guys – well, you guys will see the clips when I promote it on Instagram. Um, but uh, he's got the sleeves. He's got full-on tats, <laughs> right? Um, uh, so you're a runner, but I also understand you play drums in a punk rock band still? I, I do, yeah. I've been playing drums for yeah, 30-something years, maybe uh, more than that, actually, 40-something 40, 40 years. But, yeah, played in a number of punk bands, playing in a punk band now called Incandescibles. Got uh, one album out on Spotify. You can check it out. Um, and our second album will probably be coming out uh, later on this year, hopefully. Oh my God. It's like a ska punk band. I love it. Yeah. I love it. With a chick lead singer. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's like see, it takes me back to Bow Wow Wow. Remember, uh, it's, it's, all, it, yeah. it, it's yeah. a little uh, Bow Wow Wow with horns, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. See, there's not enough horns. I agree. There's not enough horns. There's not enough horns. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, I love horns. That it, it's gonna be funky if you got some horns. Exactly. You know. Oh man, that's so cool. Um, we'll get to some wine. Relax, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we'll get around there. Um, and so also. Um, you're into extreme sports. What are some extreme sports that you uh, like? If I could jump off of it or you know <laughs> climb it, like I'm pretty pretty up for that. I did a really cool trip with um, uh, a buddy, a couple buddies of mine. Um, one who's a, a neuroscientist at Stanford, and he's studying sharks. So we went out and dove with great white sharks um, at Guadalupe Island for a week. And these crazy motherfuckers were were getting out of the cage and like swimming around with the sharks, and it's pretty terrifying. And they. Here's a shark story. A lot of people don't know this. I learned this. But, <laughs> and so they're like, look, uh, when you're out of the cage, if a shark comes at you – and by the way, the sharks are like the size of a fucking Chevy Suburban. They're big. But they're like, if it comes at you, you just swim straight at its head. And I go, that doesn't seem like a super smart idea. And they're like, no, 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 no. See, the shark is an apex predator and everything runs away from it. So if you run straight at it, it doesn't know what to do. So it turns around and it goes away. And I go, A, who came up with that? Who invented that? Like, I got an idea. Hey, MJ, just swim right at it. See what happens. And so, so we're, we're, I'm down in the cage and these guys are out and they're, they're pretty, you know, sophisticated, you know, shark, shark divers. And, and sure enough, this huge monster shark comes and the dude sees it coming at him and just swims straight at its face. And he gets about three feet away, boom. Shark peels off and goes away, and I basically soiled my wetsuit. I was like, just watching out of here. It's crazy because I've heard some stupid shit. Punch him in the nose, you know, like people say. Yeah, punching him in the. I don't know about that, but there was one point. Like I was too terrified to get out of the cage. But there was this one point where this this one shark. We were out there for a week, and you got to know all the different sharks. This one shark was like hanging out, just hovering right outside the cage, just staring me in the eyes. This guy had like a scar on his face. He was, he was, someone were curious. This guy was fucking mean. And so he's sitting there and he's 18 inches away from my face and I'm terrified and I don't want to turn and run up the ladder because I've been told if you run away, you're prey. 
and I'm like, I don't, this cage seems pretty flimsy. <laughs> like, I don't need this. So I, I'm sitting there and I'm holding the, the bars and the shark is running. So I go, I guess I just have to go right at it. So I went, and, and the shark was like, Huh, and turned around and went away. So I did it once. But, oh my god! But inside the cage. Yeah. Well, yeah. shit. That's that's kind of like the one pussy, time the pussy way of doing it. But I still did. Still did it. Ninety playing point ninety nine percent of the population would ever do. So like. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, my buddy was doing a study on fear and how how the brain processes fear, and so I was a pretty good candidate for that because uh, I was terrified for <laughs> a week straight. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that took us down a weird a weird rabbit hole, but. So, um, you surf, you're playing sports, driving fast cars, um, motorcycles, motorcycles. Um, you went to UC Irvine for school? I did. Undergrad? Yeah. Undergrad and grad. Okay. Did you, did you, uh, live on campus or you like commute kind of, how do you, that's not really a uh, live on campus kind of school. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like... Uh, plus I lived like a mile from there anyway. So it was, I just lived off campus and okay. So you, you, but you did like you know you had your like college experience. I mean, you seem too gnarly not to. Uh, I actually have tore it up. <laughs> I, well, actually, funny you say that. I actually tore it up before I went to college. Okay. So I didn't start college till I was like twenty two, and uh, and I had my first kid when I was twenty three. Okay. So my college experience is a little bit different than yeah. But I. I had the same experience when I was 18 and 19. It just wasn't affiliated with the, with the, with the learning institution. So um, how'd you uh, – your dad's a physicist. How'd you um, decide to major in economics? Ah, um, I actually literally – I decided I, was, I needed an MBA mm -hmm. to get a good job. And, uh, and UCI had this program that was like – called the 3-2 program where you could do three years of undergrad and your fourth year was your MBA classes counted as your okay. as your thing. And so I looked at it and I was like, what's the fastest degree I could get? And it was econ. So that's <laughs> I was all about means to an end. Because I, I mean, I was starting four years after everybody else and I had a kid. Yeah, like, no, it was time to get to shit done. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. So, um, uh, but I do, I, I, I'm a big fan of econ, but I, I got there because I you wanted an MBA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was less less structured and planned than I would have liked. I don't. It seems it's it's working out for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, like, like. well, it's funny because my, you know all my sisters straight out of high school, you know, right to college, and I was like the kid that didn't do that. But uh, yeah, in retrospect, I I, I do okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah, I was on a six year program. Because I had a, I had, a, I had a daughter when I was twenty, so like it changed, oh, yeah. it okay. cha changes every freaking thing. Yeah, you know? your your college experience is a little different yeah. when you got a newborn. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, so you you get the MBA. What was your first job out of out of school? Uh, I went to, straight to work for a Big Four firm. And, and what's funny is is they they came on campus and um and I was like oh, I'm going to interview with these guys because I don't care if I get the job. I don't want this job. I don't want to work for an accounting firm. Like that mm -hmm. sounds terrible. And, uh, but I'm like, the interview is probably hard. So I'll go get the experience. And so I interviewed and they offered me the job and I turned them down. I said, no, thank you. And they're like, well, why did you interview? And I'm like, I just thought it would be a good practice for a job I want. And there was this one guy, uh, who like kind of, he's like, dude, you need to come work for me. Yeah. He's like, I want you to work for me because you, the way you were thinking. Right? Yeah. He yeah. was like, he's like, listen, you, you should, you should do this. And so he just hounded me for like four months. And finally I said, I'll do it for a year, but if it sucks, I'm quitting. 
and I just had my 25 year uh, anniversary <laughs> about two weeks ago. So <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> Once again, weird how the world takes oh you. Oh my god. Um, so this is with 20. So this must be with Deloitte. Yeah. Are you happy they got rid of the touche part of that? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's. I mean, it's still there from a legal perspective, but yeah, the branding has, has yeah. become a little bit more concise, and people are less likely to to come up with interesting rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, at during your your t- uh, you're still there, but like for 16 years, you held various roles. At the Institute of Internal Auditors, what is that? What's that about? The hell is, that sounds like a fun group to hang out with. Wow, we're getting we're getting deep. Someone's been reading up on uh, my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so uh, yeah, growing, you know, kind of coming up in the in the organization, I specialized in uh, information technology risk okay. and control. So like, how do we keep hackers from coming into our systems or whatever? How do we keep fraud fraud out? And so there's uh, a, a professional organization called the Institute of Internal Auditors that that sets a lot of the professional standards. And uh, and so I was on a number of committees with them and I ran their uh, their training program for some of their IT stuff. I mean, I you can literally look at everyone's eyes are just fucking glazing over right now, as I'm talking about, including yours. Let me tell you about the COSO cube we're, 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 <laughs> and, and information governance. <laughs> we're laying the groundwork for all, you know for all the the really 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 cool shit. Man. Like, got to make it even better, you know. So, um, because I mean, I'm thinking like you are you're a principal senior partner, right? Deloitte's global firm, huge. Um, you advise Fortune 500 companies, <clears throat> obviously, um, th- with, with your tat showing or not showing. Uh, I usually wear a suit at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for continuing to bring that up, though. I love oh. it, though, man. <laughs> I mean, listen, you you are you are not the the normal. Uh, principle with Deloitte. You're not the normal sob. You're not the normal master wife. That's what's so fucking awesome about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I honestly, I think what we all get into these situations where you're, you're, you think that you have to wear a mask mm-hmm. of whatever that is, right? You're, you know, you're the sommelier or you're the, the wine auctioneer or you're the, you know, the consultant or whatever. And in reality, what we all need to do is just have a little more authenticity, oh, like show up as you yep. and whatever that is. And people will either like it or they won't like it, right. but you know, right. stop, stop trying to pretend. I mean, this is who I am. I'm, you know, I'm a punk rock guy who works for a conservative accounting firm that does a lot of wine. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. I, I you know, and, and I, it, I think it took me a little while to figure that out, like yeah. to, to kind of be able to be comfortable wearing that skin, but you know, I think I don't know who it is, like E. Cummins or somebody. One of those old. He's like, it takes a lot of courage to grow up to be who you are. Yeah, basically, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I think, like, if you look at pictures, you go back and look at pictures of yourself when you're a little kid, <laughs> and see the same fucking mischievous shit in your eye. Like, you're like, you're like, how much we really don't change. Like, like, who you at your core, right? Dude, I have, I have that picture on my desk. <laughs> I'm four and I'm wearing a tuxedo and I'm James Bond and some shit. And I'm like, ah, I'm still that kid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Nobody else, nobody else got it back right. then, but now they, now they get it. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I totally, I totally feel that man. So <clears throat> let's get back into wine, everybody. Cause we got to talk some more stuff, but, um, 
So the bottle got Nara kind of opened up for you, right? So then um, when did you really start uh, really drinking, collecting, studying? What was, what was kind of how I, that evolution happened? So I think once I started kind of my professional career, I had access to things like an expense account and right. dinners and, and stuff like that. And so we um, – that's how I leaned in on it. And I did it in this, this sort of the traditional douchey way. Like, oh, I like this Camus. I, I need to try some Camus. <laughs> All uh, the steakhouse greats. Yeah. yeah Silver yeah, Oak. Yeah. Harlan. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah the you. bigger, the better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I did, I kind of rode that wagon for probably a good 10, 15 years at least. And then sort of branch, started branching a little bit. And then that goddamn song movie came out. And, uh, and I was I was watching it with Anne. She tells the story better than I do. But uh, apparently, at the end of it, I just looked at her, and she was like, "Nope, don't do it." And I was like, "I'm fucking doing that." And so, literally, the next day, I went out and I signed up for the next intro psalm exam, okay. which was 30 days out. And I'm like, "I'm going to become a psalm in 30 days." <laughs> and so, I got all these books, and I just started reading and tasting and doing all this stuff. And I and I went down. And I rolled into the the test, and you know it's the two day thing. There's 120 people there, and and uh, and I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Right. Everyone else is a wine professional. Right. I'm just this is dude, right? <laughs> We're going through, and I make friends with some of the other people in the class, and they're like, "Why are you here?" And I'm like, "Cause I want to see what I can do." <laughs> and so they get to the end, and we take the exam, and I I'm like the first one done, and I get out, and then. Everyone else comes out and they're like, oh, you, got, you were done pretty fast. And I go, yeah, now I'm nervous. So then they read the names of everybody and they're reading everybody off. And there's 120 people and probably 80 of them pass. So they read 80 names and I'm waiting for mine and they don't read mine. And I'm like, ah, shit. Well, it was cool. And then the, <laughs> the dude's like, and also we'd like to give a very special uh, thank you to the person who scored the highest. Uh, where's Michael Jurgens at? And I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I did it. And so I... I go, I go up and I get the thing and there's there's this dude that I had made friends with who'd been like I'm gonna get the the prize I'm gonna get the prize and I'm like I just want to pass I, like I don't care and he he was so pissed was well, he like motherfucker I, yeah he, literally I, he never yeah. fucking spoke to me after that he thought like I sandbagged him he wasn't sandbagging you anyway so the MS is like hey um, we're doing the the level two test tomorrow it's Spago like you should come take it. And I go, dude, I just started doing this shit like a couple weeks ago. Like, I, I'm not ready for that. And he goes, yeah, you are. Come do it. So I, I had some travel schedule. I moved my travel schedule around, ran home, um, basically got a suitcase, ran up to Spago, stayed kind of at the hotel around the corner, stopped at like the 7-Eleven and got like a cheap bottle of uh, a couple of cheap bottles of sparkling to try to figure out how to do the open the fucking sparkling. <laughs> right, the service part. Yeah, <laughs> the server, the service. Yeah. I've never served a table. I don't know how to fucking oh, do Jesus this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you've never done fucking service. Yeah, never. Wow. And so so I go, I literally go in there and I'm like trying to open the thing and I fuck it up and I'm having, you know, they're grilling me with questions. I'm doing the best I can. And, and then I have to leave to go get on a flight. And I don't know if I passed or not. And so... About a week later, they emailed me. And they're like, oh, yeah, you passed. I'm like, right on. And so then I was a psalm. Um, and uh, and then I'm like, but I don't really want to serve tables. And right. then I heard about this whole W set thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what put me on the path to that. And then I leveraged that, got into the MW program. Why they accepted me, I have no fucking idea. But I, they, they let me in, and here I am. So I know we have quite a few listeners. Couple, If you listen, I tell you this all the time. First of all... 
I think it's great if you go that education route. He's obviously a fucking badass, <laughs> right? So we're probably going to piss off a lot of listeners who <laughs> tried. <laughs> They've worked in hospitality for like seven years. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll, let me tell you this fucking story. So when I got into the MW exam or into the MW program, they brought our start group in and we were doing introductions and they got to me and I said, I'm just here for fun. And the head examiner had was in t- town from London, and I literally like he looked like he was going to stab me, and I, I was the total wrong thing to say to the industry people. What I should have said was, "I'm doing this because I'm passionate and curious, and I want to know things." But what I said, <laughs> anyways, I totally got, I totally got <laughs> no, you off. No, no, it's it's a, no, no, it's perfect. Perfect. Like, you know, it's, at least you didn't say, "I'm just here for shits and giggles." That really would have pissed him off. <laughs> and nothing better to do. And, and, you're, and, and your best Austin Power impersonation too. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, what the fuck else am I going to do on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's either this or, you know, jump off a base jump or something. Yeah. Um, So um, who's your – do you get a mentor? Who's your mentor? Do you get a mentor with that? Who's your mentor? You do get a mentor. You're assigned a mentor. Um, My mentor – yeah. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing about mentor relationships. It's a give and take from both sides. I agree. And you sort of get out of it what you put into it. And I have not put much effort gotcha. into it. Gotcha. And yeah, she hasn't really either. <laughs> so, I, I've, I've actually had some really awesome um, mentoring relationships that have organically occurred. Right. Um, but but in terms of like my formal mentor, that that has not been super great. Well, I mean, I think – because I used to work with kids in high schools and, and, and people have all these programs and they talk about mentorship. But mentorship, you can't just put two people together. I think it was organic because you said it's a give and take. Totally. You know, so I could see where that – like you have such a unique personality. Like like I, I could see like you, you need a mentor that like you guys actually click, not just like boop, boop, you know. Well, in my, my experience with the MW exam is, is that uh, the – it takes a special breed of sort of uber geeky, passionate, um, almost you know OCD, autistic <laughs> focus to be able to even go through this, right? And and um, and so what happens is, is the people who are MWs are usually pretty unique individuals with pretty um, you know strong personalities, um, and also me. But not necessarily the same personality. Right, as, right, right. As, I know as, exactly. As I, right, yeah, I right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and not, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I, I just you know, there. To your point, you know, it's there needs to be some some sort of cl- you know connection, and um, and I and I definitely have that with with that number of folks in the program, right? Um, right. And also your your kind of your peers that right. you're kind of going through the process with. It's it's sort of like this. I, the seals, you know, when they're in, the, yep. you know, they're holding their buddies yeah, up. Yeah, like a, uh, we do it? a lot of that shit because it's like seal training, right? Like it's it's like the wine version of seal training. I apologize. Sixty-three percent of you will not pass. <laughs> How do I know? This is historically true. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, and they tell you that. Like this, this test has an eight percent pass rate. Yeah. So be prepared to be disappointed a lot. And so you get <laughs> and plus Michael's in your cohort, so. <laughs> <laughs> so... So you guys are fucked. Well, so I, so we you, you you get these little study groups that organically form, and so um, 
my first year I was in it, this, this study group formed and it was a bunch of industry people and none of them had any business savvy. And so one of the, one of the girls in the group was like, we need, we need someone who knows some business stuff. What about that Mike guy? <laughs> and everyone was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> they hear him tell the story later. They're like, no way. We don't want anything to do with that guy. He's a fucking dilettante and a douchebag. And like, we don't want that guy. And she's like, but we don't know anything about business. And they're like, all right. So they, they grudgingly invited me. And I found out all this way later. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so then we, we get to the, the stage one exam and I took it and passed it. And I was the only one of our group that did. And they're like, oh, fuck, this guy's legit. Um, and I... Still super, super good friends, super close. Matter of fact, I was, yesterday was, you know, on the phone with, with the same crew. Nice. You know, trying, nice. To, trying to get through this. So, so you get these, those mentor relationships are kind of more like peer mentoring, which I think is more valuable. Yeah. No, I, I definitely know that. Uh, I went to law school, so you're supposed to be in study groups. So it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, yep. you know everybody's uh, pounding on the outline and, you know, going through it together. Um, so <clears throat> how close are you uh, – like what? What? Like what's? What is that master wine thing? For people who don't know, I don't really know because I'm not behind the scenes. Like, do you write it's a thesis? Su- it's super or? important to the people who care about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a huge deal for like this really really tiny demographic. So here here's the way it works. Um, so there's it's similar to the MS, okay. um, except it's it's more about the broader knowledge of wine as opposed to um, service. Um, there's Three stages. You, you get accepted to the program. And if you're accepted, then there's stage one, which is a one-day exam. And it's theory and it's blind tasting. If you pass that, then you go on to stage two. Stage two is a four-day exam, which is half theory, half blind tasting. The blind tasting is 36 wines over three days. You have to write an essay about each one of them. So like that, the whole MS thing where they do their six little cute little wines in 25 minutes. I know. I, no, I, I no, I know, but I tell people people because people like people got inspired by the movie like you did. Yeah, right? totally, totally cool, and it's awesome that it's shown the spotlight and, on that. It really, really For is. Sure. Um, but I tell people, do you realize what it just means? You know, six fucking wines, really though, bro. Do you do you, do you actually understand like what it really means? Yeah, you know, like, and 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 by and that was me like going into it, and um, when I went and did the very first song thing. Yeah, uh, but the cool thing about it was that opened the doorway yep. to this whole broader thing. Yep. Um, so anyway, so if you pass stage two, um, I passed the theory part the first time I took it. I have failed the tasting now three times. I will take the tasting for the fourth time uh, in a few weeks here, and hopefully this will be my year. But it may not be, and then I get one more swing at it. If I can pass that, then you move on to stage three where you write a thesis, um, uh, it's a 10,000 word kind of research paper on whatever you want to write it on. Mine's probably going to be about wine and Bhutan. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Laid the groundwork for that already, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, this is like such a, so from the time you saw the Psalm movie until you're accepted the Master Wine program, how, how long was that? How long was that? Maybe like maybe two years? Shit, that's like <laughs> it's like going from high school to winning Olympic gold. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like I, I watched Hoop Dreams, and uh, two years later, I'm drafted by the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is pretty much yeah. That's, yeah. That's, oh, that's, there's so yeah. many jealous people out there right now. Uh, but yeah, I, but matter, I, so, fact, matter of fact, I know someone who's the CEO of a wine company and a 
uh, WSET diploma holder who applied to the to the MW program and, and didn't make it. And you can tell she's <laughs> <laughs> and she's in the studio today. Yeah, she's <laughs> looking at me right now. I know. Yeah, don't worry, we'll have you on. You yeah, can tell your side story. All right. I, I honestly, I think what happened. So I wrote. I'm a decent writer, as you know. I, I would have to figure. I mean, um, shit, you wrote some books. Yeah, I wrote some books. So I wrote. I wrote an essay, essentially arguing why I think I should be accepted into the MW program, and. With the MW program, especially the tasting part, it's it's a lot of they say you know taste like a sommelier but argue like a lawyer. Yeah. Um, they want you to really sort of take a position and then defend it. And I kind of did that. I didn't know this by the way at the time. This was accidentally, but I I kind of did that in my my essay that I wrote. And I think they read that and they said, okay, this guy can take a position and defend it. We'll let him. We'll let him in and see what he does. And and uh. It's gone okay so far. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not there yet, but there's more astronauts in the United States than Masters of Wine, just to put it in oh, context. Oh, that's – fuck, that's a great perspective. That's a cool stat, that right? That's a really cool stat. Holy yeah. shit. It's harder to be an MW than to be an astronaut. Wow. That's bananas. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's do some wine talk. I'm on, What's this rosé again? Because it's, it's really kind of killer, man. It's it's a Ihuligi. It's from the Basque region of of France, so it's it's up against the the mountains, but it's on the French, French side. side. Yep. And a little town, like three hundred people, they make this awesome wine. That's a Tanat Cab Cab Franc blend, um, and it's really kind of tangy and mineral rich and earthy. And then this is the rosé version, which you can kind of tell. Like it looks like fucking cherry cough syrup. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. bright goddamn red rosé. Yep. yep. Um, and uh, it's. You look at it and you think it's going to be sweet and fruity, and it is neither. No. It's like tangy and iron and like uh, you guys should all try some of this. But... <laughs> I know you guys should have brought some uh, plastic cups. Should have brought some cups for these guys. Like, yeah. how good is this though, MJ? Like, this it's, is spectacular, it's, it's right? Really good. Man. Like, we should talk about this in depth. How I good know, this right? is. <laughs> <laughs> wow, God, this is really good. It really is. I'm like shit. That's um fucking good man <laughs> i get some baller bottles it's you can either bring a baller bottle or an interesting bottle and this is super interesting yeah like i'm not a like you can you, i don't want to be the guy who's playing that game like check out my 1996 well, schrader yeah, and then I the mean, other next guy's like i have a 1995 no, schrader i've never had that guy but i you know like like you know like i've had like uh, you know, I started Acker, so Capon came on. He brought like a ninety shop. He brought a ninety. You know, that's, that's, that's kick ass, kick ass. You know, that's a kick ass bottle of wine. It's not like you know. And then, uh, you know, Eric Azemov was on. He brought a Portuguese because he wanted to bring something I never had. So he brought right. Portuguese. You know, and then. You know, Robert Bohr was on. He brought a 2005 Dujac, but that's <laughs> <laughs> well, well. This is not expensive wine, but it's yeah. a weird, but it's well, a weird I, cool I, wine. I don't, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't. I love expensive wine, especially when someone else is paying for it, because I don't. You know, I fucking have a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> do the math on that. Um, but um, I, but my whole thing with my love of wine is like, oh my god, now I'm now I'm gonna fucking find this bottle and bring it somewhere Dude, and fuck get, people up right? yeah that's why it's the, a fuck people the, up bottle it's a fuck people up bottle but get this don't get the rosé get the still red the okay. still red is like i don't even know how to describe it it's kind of like uh imagine sort of a a bordeaux with more minerality <laughs> like okay it's pretty yeah. it's pretty crazy yeah. Yeah. and it's one of those wines you're like holy shit um matter of fact we were at hearth last night mm -hmm. and um 
And so we pop open the list and I see this bottle of wine called Jafark. Do you ever had a Jafark? No, I've never had a Jafark. <laughs> I've never had a fucking Jafark. <laughs> and so I call this song. I'm like, is this the grape? Jafark? And she's like, oh yeah, it's really good. You straight up, like, we're totally fucking <laughs> doing that. Like, I'm all about, I wanna, I'm curious. Right. Like, I, right. What, what are they doing? And that Jafark, that's going on the list of cool shit that I'm going to write a dact about it. Like, it's fucking great. <laughs> so what, where, tell, where, where's Jafarked from? In Hungary. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the classic Jafark region. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, for all you Jafark aficionados out there, you, you knew that, but that's why I have this podcast, so I can learn more about wine. <laughs> well, I, I, I have about 12 hours more knowledge about Jafark than you do, because <laughs> well, I was like, I saw it, and I'm like, we're doing that. 12 hours in your time is like fucking 12 years, man. I mean... <laughs> Like the way you get shit done. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I've already achieved my level one Jafark exactly, certification. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Next week will be a Jafark master. <laughs> I'm definitely getting on the Jafark bandwagon. Uh, we, we should blow this up. Oh we, like, there'll be some little guys. Hashtag Jafark. <laughs> I, I want to get some some Hungarian producers. Like, what's going on in New York City? Know, like, you there's know what? huge Jafark explosion. Oh, my God. We should do like. Uh, fucking, we should the do Jafark so much week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, we're doing Jaf- we're doing a Jafark night at New York Wine uh, Experience. There you go. It's going to be off the chain. <laughs> if, if Michael's here, it really will be. It, off will, the it will be. It will be off the fucking yeah, chain. It's like that shit done. Oh my god, I, you, you got like the and you're in a punk. It's you're like it's such a you're such a what's the word? Not juxtaposition anomaly i don't know but like the punk rock and and then and then you know the 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 business and then jafark and then the rum country <laughs> like, like um like it's it's i i love that you 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 are not pigeonholed you will it's yeah. not gonna i mean i'm in i'm in a category of one <laughs> exactly when I, say, like, when I say uh they broke the mold like people say no they really did break the mold <laughs> we can't let this happen again <laughs> I don't think the world can handle two of you. I mean, I, I, it's, what's, what's funny is I see a lot of me and my son, and uh, and I look at him. And I'm sort of like, yeah, I, gotta, yeah. I, I hope, I hope. Uh, well, DNA is 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 some powerful shit, you know. Yeah. Um, like, and 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 attitude comes through DNA too. Like, you know, totally. So, um, so that's cool. Be, uh, I, I have high, high, uh, high hopes that he'll be as. Is, is he an MJ cre- Junior? Is he? Is he a Michael? He's an MJ Junior. Okay. He's, he's got. He's got one sleeve done. Okay. Uh, he's. He's. And he's going to come out as MJ 3.0, not not 2.0. Not, he's, 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 cause, yeah, because he's ahead of you all. He is. <laughs> he is ahead of me, and he's he's done some. He's had the opportunity to come on some cool trips. Actually, I'll tell you a funny MJ uh, 3.0 wine story. So when I started this whole journey, he was maybe 14 or 15 and, and I would have like him and his sister would, would like, I would say, go in the fridge and like grab a bottle and pour me a glass, but don't, don't let me see what it is. Okay. Just bring it out to me because I want, you know, and then I would sit there and I'd try to like blind taste it and figure it out. And so he was kind of curious, but he was young. So I wouldn't let him taste the wine, but I'd let him smell it. Mm-hmm. And him and his sister both had really good, like exceptional uh, palates. One day he put his nose in a glass of Albarino and he's like this smells like three day old baseball stadium floor peanut shell and I was like I put my I'm like fuck that's exactly what this smells like I love that nice. I love I love descriptors like that like real world shit right? real world shit from a 14 year old right. kid who was just saying this is what I feel it smells like anyway we, we go to um, we're at the in Chicago and I and we're staying at the Fairmont and they have the 
wine bar in the in the lobby. And so we're walking through and I go, hey, I'm going to see if I can do blind tasting real quick. And I sit down and the guy there was a psalm and he goes, he goes, I go, hey, can I do a blind taste? He goes, yeah. And I go, he goes, how many do you want? I go, just pour like three reds and three whites. And he goes, okay. So he pours them in. And Mike is like 14. He sits there and he goes, hey, do you mind if I smell them? And the guy goes, yeah, no problem. And so Mike picks up the first one and kind of does. He goes, that's Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> and he was fucking right. <laughs> and the dude lost, lost his, his shit. shit. Yeah. He like starts screaming, this kid fucking called it on the nose. Called it on the nose. <laughs> and then he's like, do another one. And Mike's like, nah, fuck, yeah, I'm done. Right. <laughs> no one to I'm stop. Gonna, I'm going to let my dad do yeah, the next five. No one to stop. So that's my son. He's, he's a good kid. That's cool. Is he, uh, how old is he now? He's 20. He'll be 22 in a couple weeks. All right. So does he do anything with uh, wine or no. besides drink? It, nah, just, no, he's, I mean, he's 22, you know, yeah. Long Island iced teas are quicker. White Claw. Cheaper. Well, fucking White Claw. <laughs> At least fuck? he's not, he's not that bad. I he, tell people, because I grew up in the 80s, we're probably around the same age-ish, you're probably younger than me. I just look good. Um, yeah. It's clean, it's clean living. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, it's clean living for me. Um, but uh, I was like, fucking White Claw? We didn't, that's Zima. We didn't, Zima. We didn't fall for that shit the first no, time. What no, the fuck? We, no, we did not. And also, when Smirnoff Ice came around 20 years after that, oh, yeah. we didn't fall, fall for, for it then either. No, no, no. So, yeah. I don't know. But, but I, I was thinking, like, he could have the advantage. Like, you know, I forgot who I had on, but, like, the guy who has wine in college, like, dude, can, can rack up. Yeah. Well, and and don't think he doesn't. I'm sure. He, I mean, he, you know, but. He, like he'll tell me stories. Like he'll he'll go to dinner with his girlfriend's parents, and they'll hand him the wine list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like get, get pick out something good. Like the kid, yeah. He he, you know how it is. Like you don't want to be your parents. Yeah. But you absorb shit of by course. osmosis. And then you get old, you're like, fuck, I'm just like my fucking parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fuck. Do um, like those progressive commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Keanu. <laughs> don't, don't look at it. Don't look. Blue hair. Blue hair. <laughs> Joaquin. <laughs> oh, my God. I love uh, you guys. No, I do all the. I like that you. we can do all the pop culture shit, too. And you can play off it. It's so much fun. Um, so. You know what we're going to do? That's a good time to take a quick break. And right we'll come back. We're going to talk about books, rum, and cool. whatever the fuck else. Right on. So we'll be right back, everybody. Hang on. Hey, hey, what's up? It's MJ again. Listen, we all love a sexy wine label, but the back label is more important. Do you want to know how to score a great bottle of wine every time? Turn that bottle around and look for the Skernick Wines logo. Skernick Wines has been one of my favorite portfolios since I came into the business over 20 years ago. Whether it's a $10 bottle or a $100 bottle, you can count on Skernick Wines to deliver every time. And it's not just about wine. They also have one of the finest portfolios of craft spirits. Make sure you go to their website, www.skernick.com, and check out their ever-evolving library of cocktail recipes. Listen, I don't say this lightly. Skernick is a name you can trust when it comes to wine and spirits. Okay, we're back. Stop fucking around. <laughs> no, we're not going to stop fucking around. Okay, so we were talking about Jafark and shit and, <laughs> you know, one of our in-studio uh, audio. Or we have an in-studio audience for the first time. <laughs> the laughter is not canned. <laughs> this is legit laughter. He looked it up and, and apparently uh, Jafark has something. It's uh, in Hungary, it's some type of sheep. Uh, and it has to do with a woman conceiving a, a male child. So, um, 
So any so ladies said, uh, out there, put, put that at, put that in your Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> what, what can you add to that that doesn't get us canceled? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I got to stop. Because unfortunately, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm 53. So like, I, you know, I think things can go too far with like what people can and can't say. Like, I think certain things shouldn't be said, but. It's, that that line that line's moved. It's yeah, it's, the last it's, few years. Exactly. It's, it's, so it's got, gotten a little closer to where it, I play. Me too. <laughs> um, actually, it's backing up against the wall. So, uh, all right. So, um, why Bhutan? I, that's the only thing I say. Why Bhutan, dude? Bhutan is so fucking spectacular. I mean, it's it is literally. I mean, it's the land of happiness and, you know, it's a bucket list destination for most people. And when you go there, you know why. Like there's this peacefulness, this serenity, this beauty, this harmony with nature. It's just – it's it literally – it's everything that wine should be. And I was there to run a marathon because Anne uh, read a book in high school that said about Bhutan, about some – American lady who went there and got married, and she was like, "Oh, we're gonna go Bhutan, 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 Bhutan." And I, I thought it was in Indonesia. I didn't even know where the fuck it was. Yep. And so I booked us a trip, and she's like, "We're going to the Himalayas." And I go, "What the fuck are you talking about? It's in Indonesia." And she goes, "No, it's not. Look it up." And I was like, "Oh shit, it is in the Himalayas." So I didn't. I had no like preconceived notion of Bhutan, but we we went there, and I'm looking at this magical land, and I'm like. Where are the fucking vineyards? I have to visit the vineyards while I'm here. And so I'm asking literally everybody. Like I at the store getting water. I'm like, hey, do you know where the vineyards are? And they were like, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And so um, eventually we ended up at this dinner with these these government officials. And I was like, hey, I want to visit the vineyards while I'm here. And we like, we don't have any. And I'm like, you guys are fucking up. You need to have vineyards. They're like, we don't need wine. This is a happy place. Yeah. Is is Michael Jurgens about to fuck up Bhutan? <laughs> no, I'm about to, I'm people about to... start falling off the sides of mountains. <laughs> well, what's actually everybody, every family there. This is the irony of the whole thing. Every single family there makes rice wine. Okay, and they make it like in their kitchens, mm-hmm. and everyone has their own recipe. And there's this whole big thing about like my fa- my secret recipe is better than your secret recipe. And uh, the first time we were there, we we were at this dinner. And um, at this this kind of senior guy's house, and there were some other folks there, and it was very, very formal. And everyone's kind of sitting around, and and uh, there was like seven or eight Americans, and and I'm like, hey, what's this fucking rice wine thing? <laughs> what's up with that? And like, and like everyone's sort of like elbowing, like, you, what, what, don't do that. And, that, and the guy's like, do you, would you like to try some? I'm like, absolutely, I want to try some. And so the dude goes in the other room and he brings back this like wooden flask and he pours it into bowls. The second he does that, every other Bhutanese guy like reaches in his robe and pulls out their wooden bottle and they're like, no, 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 fuck that guy's stuff. My stuff is way better. And then everybody starts pouring it and we're tasting all the different. So everybody drinks rice wine. It's like a huge part of the culture. You show up at someone's house, they're like, welcome to my home. Um, here's here's a bowl of ara for you. They just never had venephora. It was yeah. never planted there. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I, if I would bet if Marco Polo had like detoured through Bhutan when he was cruising the Silk Road with some, with some grapes, like these guys would be making some kick-ass uh, Jafark. 
<laughs> no, they they that, they would be. That's my new safe word. <laughs> Jafark, Jafark, Jafark. Cacao, cacao. Oh, my God. Yeah, so anyways, that's why, that's why Bhutan. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've never been to Bhutan. What's, uh, what is the climate like? Uh, so Bhutan is kind of pasted onto the side of the Himalayas. Okay. And so at the bottom of the country, it's about the size of Switzerland. Okay. And it's kind of circular. So it's, you know, um, it's maybe, I would guess, 300 miles north to south. The bottom of the country, the south side, is about 500 feet in elevation, and it is jungle. And when I say jungle, I mean like monkeys, elephants, tigers, jungle, bananas, jungle shit. Okay. Then you move up a little bit, um, and you sort of get into the 3,000 to 10,000 foot range, which is where a lot of the main tourism and cities are. And that is pretty moderate. Um, you know, some places of it will get 100 degrees uh, in the summer and, and winter, probably 20 um, and then at the further north you go, like the highest point is 27,000 feet. It's the highest unclimbed mountain on the planet is in Bhutan. So okay. it gets fucking glacier, mm -hmm. which is a really interesting business model because I have a tremendous hedge against climate change because I have literally every climate zone. So if, if the world continues to heat up like a crock pot yep. set on fucking low, 50 years from now, Champagne's fucked, you know, Bordeaux's fucked. You know what I do? I drive 15 miles north <laughs> and my average temperature goes down 10 degrees. Um, so that the, the environment lends itself well to this, this plethora of microclimates, which okay. I think leads us to believe that there's some real opportunities to, to grow some amazing wine. We just got to find what goes well in what pocket. So and that's the weird part. When do the first vines go down? We planted the first vines four years ago. I have vines that are in their fourth growing season right now. And what did you what did you plant? We planted um, six whites or six reds, three whites. The whites were Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Petit Mansang. Okay. Um, because Petit Mansang is super rain tolerant, and mm -hmm. they get some monsoon pressure. And then on the reds, we planted six reds. We planted um, Cabernet Sav, uh, Sauvignon Cabernet Franc, Malbec, Merlot, Syrah, and Pinot Noir. Okay. And then we just planted another couple of vineyards. Just uh, last month, we planted another 30 or so acres. And we kept that same nine, but we added in. Uh, I have kind of a, a douchey viticulturalist from a, 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 a one of those fancy schools that's helping. He's also sitting over there. It's <laughs> um, full hucking house. Yeah. Um, so, so he suggested that we add in Riesling and Shannon, which okay. both make a lot of sense, and then also Sangiovese and Tempranillo. So we're we're adding oh, you, those you're going, you're to the mix. Going for and um, and well, and probably some Jafark. Some Jafark. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get on the Jafark fucking bandwagon. Get on the Jafark train. It's <laughs> leaving the station. <laughs> Don't get left behind. Um, have you uh, produced any, uh, I mean, like young vines? You, no, like so. A, like a Bataan Nouveau or anything? Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a Cremant de Bataan, actually, <laughs> which I think would be cool as yeah. shit. But um, so, you know, vines are going to take three to five years to start producing um, longer and more challenging yep. areas. We do have some challenging vineyards, a couple that are at like 9,000 feet in elevation. The, the, those, I think, will probably not start producing till the fifth or sixth year. Um, we had really good grape growth in two of the vineyards last year, 
but there was um, a pandemic happening. I don't know if you have heard about this thing, this COVID thing that's going on. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. So, so uh, and the challenge with COVID, and Bhutan has actually been a uh, written up multiple stories about how they have managed the crisis. Right. They have been almost like one of the shining spotlights in all this, but they are between... I say I, I say that they're between Tibet and Nepal, which is true, okay. but technically they don't border either one of those. The only countries they share borders with are India and China, Oof. which are both having some COVID issues, yeah. right? Yeah, and, yeah. So, and they're fucking small. Right. So um, when, when COVID started, they went, shut the borders, we're going to control the shit out of this, and it worked for them. But my little grapes were having their first harvest yeah. in the middle of all this. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> like, so we let the grapes fall last year. Um, we'll have another harvest. We'll technically have the first harvest this year, but there's a 21 day quarantine in effect right now. We and so um, we probably are going to let the grapes fall this year as well. Okay. And what's we'll your, do our first bottle, our first fermentation run next year. What's your, um, what's your farming techniques, biodynamic, organic, Bhutanese, what, what do you? Um, yeah, big fan of like burying uh, horns full of cow shit. I, I think that makes a huge difference. I know, I know. <laughs> well, so so Bhutan as a country um, is really known for, they're the only carbon negative country in the world and they're on track to be the first 100% um, organic country. So there's a huge focus on sustainability um, and, and which is great for us, yeah. right? Like I'm not a Rudy Steiner, geek about it has to be like this but like dude the earth gives you good shit right. if you treat it well right um that being said a couple things one um there's rain pressure in the summer okay. so we got to figure out what to do about mildew that's an issue two um this has never been done before so i don't know if there's going to be new weird threats to venephora that have never existed because there's some weird fucking insect in Bhutan mm -hmm. does something that, you know, mm -hmm. so we don't know about that. Um, and then three, uh, there's an interesting host of new problems like the monkey problem. Yeah, it's not a common <laughs> common problem like in California. Bordeaux, not not, not an issue in Napa. Yeah, not no. a, not a lot of literature on how to solve for the monkey problem in the vineyards. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and all of this is, I think, what makes Bhutan such a fucking fascinating story, right? Like, we're going to figure out how to grow some grapes there. And it is going to be uniquely – that wine is going to be uniquely Bhutanese. Whatever – what I don't know what it's going to be like, but it is going to be uniquely Bhutanese. We might have to head train fucking 10 feet because of the monkeys and, you oh know, right? And, like, do some weird trellising shit because of the – like, I don't know. We're figuring all this out. And when I say we – I mean, that fucking guy is figuring it out because <laughs> I'm not smart about that shit. I'm just, I'm literally, I'm, I'm the sizzle, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the. Uh, <laughs> other people have to be the substance. <laughs> I was, I was thinking um, for sure, um, terroir will have a new meaning uh, once you start producing some wine. You know, like. Like you have, a, you'll have wines that um, will truly have a sense of place. I hope so. Well, and I, I think there the opportunity exists to just oak the fuck out of it and extract yeah. it and make it, you know, jammy and oaky and taste like everything else. We could do that and it would sell. Right. I don't want to do that. I want to try to capture 
the essence of Bhutan in a bottle and and share that with the world. And and it is one of those places that everyone that goes there says this is life changing. Like yeah. it's it it is a place that devoid of wine has this really intense sense of place. And if I can capture that in a bottle, it's going to be fucking magical. For sure, man. I mean, I'm fucking intrigued. <clears throat> I as mean, long as I, I don't learned, fuck I learned, it up. I, well, I, you know, you can't really fuck it up. You got people who are doing the shit. So they, they, as long as they don't fuck it up. As long as, they, uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they're on thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what, like, so what do you, like you said, we talked earlier, what do you like to drink? Like what, what, like you said, like you like to drink it all, but like your go-to, like, is it, is it, is it a good burgundy? Is it what, I mean, what's your go-to? I think like if, you know, you get asked that question, like if you could only drink one wine for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, for me, that'd be burgundy. Um, burgundy to me though is the prices are getting fucking stupid for the good stuff. And if they're stupid for a partner at Deloitte, <laughs> think of how yeah, stupid are the average like, fucking person. Yeah, right? I, like, I, seriously. I honestly don't know how some, like some of the other MW folks do this. Like I know what my monthly wine bill is just for studying. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I also am just super, super curious uh, about trying to understand other places through wine. The fucking Jafar thing. We've been laughing right. about the Jafar thing. I really liked it. Yeah. Like I thought it was yeah. really, really interesting. And I love it when I get introduced to something like Uhuligi, where you're <laughs> like, oh, oh, what the hell is this? Like this is super interesting. It is. Um have some more. Yeah. Um so so I I I like the I like the the trying new things. Um I I'm also a big fan of sweet wines, like something with a little bit of botrytis. Yeah, I don't think enough people drink. Um, people need to drink more sweet wine. People need to drink. I really, you know, like oh, the all. Fuck it. All the fake wine drinkers are like, oh, I don't. I don't it's got to be dry. I'm like, well, you don't fucking really like wine. For most wine was for centuries was sweet, just so it could make the passage over right. the oceans. Right. I mean. Yeah. That's why you have fortified wines. We have port. That's why you know, that's why you have sherry. That's why wine was oxidized. That's why you had sweet wine. Like you know, and, that's why we had aromatized wines. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'd throw a bunch of herbs uh, in it. Right. Yeah. I cook mean, it. Do whatever and, the fuck you and, can to protect it. And Riesling, <laughs> despite the sweetness, like still has good acid. Man, you can. I mean, you can. Riesling's fucking awesome. I have a shirt actually that she gave me that says, "If you don't like Riesling, you're a fucking idiot." Oh man. I almost wore. <laughs> I almost wore it today. Uh, I thought about it, but I didn't. Uh, but well, yeah. I like Riesling, so I wouldn't be offended. Riesling's, no, no, Riesling's fucking dope. And, it is dope. You know, um, Sauterne, I like the the really botrytized st- stuff, but but um, like I'll go outside of Sauterne, so I'm not paying the premium for yeah. Sauterne. I'll go to like, um, you know, Cadillac yep. or uh, Lupiac or one of those, or I'm a huge fan of Jurançon. Oh, yeah, Jurançon. Jurançon is fucking great. And there's another region... Uh, called Pacheronc du Vicbo, which is which is in, in Mataran, which is like the Jurançon appellation within Mataran that is even more geeky and obscure than <laughs> fucking than, than Jurançon. Yeah, matter of fact, I was writing. Uh, I sent out one of my weekly wine email blasts on Pacheronc du Vicbo, and I got a response from a master of wine candidate where they they said you made this fucking wine up. I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> I like, like, I no, mean, I you just blew everybody's mind because I mean, <clears throat> I mean. I, I didn't know about that shit. Um, I knew about Jerusalem, but like that's what I love about wine is you just 
There's so much, right? There's so much. It's, it's never just, ends. There's layers upon layer upon layer. And you got to get out there and 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 walk around. You got it's boots on it's boots on the ground if you really want to Totally. Um, discover it, you know. Um, and that's what I tried I when I first started studying for the MW program, I tried to go to every major global wine region specifically for that reason. Like you just wander around in the vineyards, you meet the people, you have a completely different sense of understanding what it is what it's all about yeah, yeah. i look forward to doing that with you and Bhutan, my friend oh it's going down we'll fucking get you over it, there it's going down it's going down I'll get you in a monastery oh man i can't wait <laughs> rice wine it was the rice wine yeah, was- <clears throat> um so let's when did you start the blog I started the, the blog. So the blog, so everyone had been after me for years to like send them wine recommendations because they know I'm kind of geeky and they're right. like, oh, dude, look, let right. me let me know about Jafark or whatever. Right. The, what are you, what are right. you into? What are you, yeah. and, uh, and I was like, ah, this is a lot of work and I don't actually want to do work <laughs> if I can avoid it. But I was on this fucking plane ride and I was reading a book uh, by a pretty celebrated person about wine of sort of a wine luminary. And in the book, they were ripping on Shannon Blanc. And I was like, fuck you, Shannon is awesome. They were ripping on Shannon? They were ripping on Shannon. They're like, wow. Shannon is like a garbage grape. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Wow. So, so I went home and I wrote up, a, 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 like I just, just started kind of riffing. I'm like, Shannon's awesome. You should fucking drink more Shannon. And I emailed that to like about 10 of my friends that were into wine. And, um, and this was probably a year, right before the pandemic, right before lockdown started. It was probably like January, February of last year. And everyone was, that got it was like, oh, dude, like that was super cool. Like, send us some more. And so I was like, all right, you know what else you should drink? It fucking Nebbiolo is great. And I wrote up something <laughs> about Nebbiolo, and I said that around. And I, but don't don't go to Barolo. Like, if you go to like Gatnara or Gemme mm-hmm. or uh, you know Vatalina or mm-hmm. like you can get. So I, and I was like, this is awesome. Keep these coming. So I just kept them coming, and I I I think last Friday was eighty three. So I've been doing it for eighty three weeks. Sure. So I've sent out one a week. I missed like maybe a week or two in there, but so 83 weeks I've been doing that. And uh, what's happened is, is the people who have gotten emails have forwarded them. And like now there's hundreds and hundreds of people on my mailing list. I actually had to go and like contract with like a website oh, yeah. <laughs> because I couldn't handle it out of my inbox anymore. It got too big. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And I, what's the other thing that's been super cool is uh, I've heard anecdotally, all around the country, there's these little groups like springing up where like people will get together for like a weekly wine night, but they base it off of the book. Oh shit, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, and and it, and I'll get emails from people or texts from people where they're like, "Holy shit!" Like I meant, I got a, a text the other night from someone at a at a restaurant. She she took a picture of the wine list and she texted it to me, and she's like, "I get it, I'm doing it," and I was like, "That's fucking awesome!" Like people are. We're not intimidated by it. We're leaning in on it. We're like cool with like, oh, there's a Jafark. Let's have one with Jafark. Like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, which I, is the way it should be. I think. I agree. I think like I think that's cool that an MW candidate people are texting you and sending you pictures of wine lists. That's, <laughs> most people don't like. You're not gonna have access to an MW who's gonna be like gonna allow them to do that, right? Like, like just like, I just. I know a few candidates. I mean, but I know a few candidates. But most people are not going to be able to just like, you know, hey, right. look, I'm in a study group <laughs> based on your blog. Well, I will. And your phone number's at the end of the MailChimp thing, so I'm going to text you. <laughs> yeah, it cuts both ways. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I, I am super passionate and geeky about it. Like if someone came to me 
and and was like, hey, like this Jafark thing, like is that like what that's, do you that, I, we I, know that it's like what the Jafark? I'm that's going to be like the title of this episode. What the Jafark? What the Jafark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like. How much fun has it been like talking to like oh, neither yeah. one of us know shit about Jafar, but we're curious and like yep. that's fucking cool. I will have that conversation ten times out of ten with people. Yeah. What I don't want to have is where someone's going, um, I'm trying to uh, you know, pick the best, you know, camus or silver pick you know, pick your sort of status wine. Right, right. You know, and I, I'm wondering is is the twenty eighteen better than the twenty seventeen? I'm like yeah, if if it's twenty thirty, <laughs> either one of those is probably fine. But don't drink either of those right now. That's yeah. too fucking young. Um, so I, I'm happy to engage with anybody at any time on wine geek stuff, but not if it's a statusy bullshit wine right. douche thing. Right, right. Then, no, I mean because that's 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 easy. That's not even easy. I mean that's like that's just flexing. You know, that's just flexing. I can I can spend five hundred on a bottle. I'm gonna do this. You know what I mean? Like so. Totally. It's not, not, and not, I mean, it's not interesting to me. And by the way, I don't care how much you flex, somebody else can flex more. And that's the thing, right? Right. Oh, my God. Oh, here's here's my 1945 right. Romani Conti exactly. vineyard. And someone's like, oh, you just have the one bottle? I got the Magnum. Exactly. Or whatever the right, fuck right, it right, is. Right, right. We had a – I turned 50 um, during the pandemic, and I had – we had uh, – plan to throw this huge party and I was going to hire you'll love this I was going to hire Grandmaster Flash and Flogging Molly to play oh my. my 50th birthday that, party no, that's never happened before <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me you wouldn't have gone to that oh, party shit, <laughs> everyone would have been like fuck it. so we had this whole thing and then the pandemic happened so I'm like well what I guess we're gonna, not going to do this and so I'm like well I'm going to buy like a bucket list kind of wine and so I bought a, a 180 year old bottle of Madeira um, from 1840 and we sat at the kitchen table and like drank this 180 year old bottle of wine. It was fucking great. You guys actually tried it when, yeah, because um, you were there right afterwards. I said a little bit for you. Anyway, I don't know. Why, I don't know why I told this story, but it's an interesting story. Well, it's a great story. We were talking about flexing. And that's not oh, flexing. Flex, yeah, <coughs> it's not flexing. flexing per se. But but so. No, but my point is, Michael, you dropped something. <laughs> Sorry, sorry for digging that furrow in the carpet of the studio here. Um, no, but my point is, like, if someone's going to flex, that's the kind of flex I want. No, that's I a want, cooler right? flex. That's right, a way right, cooler right, flex right. than, like, I bought a more expensive version of whatever right, fucking right, right. cult thing you're drinking. Right. Like, I don't know if you saw um, Screaming Eagle got dropped off by Ghost Horse. No. Yeah, so this they just threw out the rankings this year, and, like, Ghost Horse dropped Screaming Eagle off as the highest, nap, you know, price Napa cab. And I'm like... Who fucking cares? Like seriously, not that's the dumbest thing to get fired up about ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I, yours was only forty six hundred dollars. Mine was forty eight. Yeah. Like, look, look, look at what a baller I am. You fucking <laughs> pussy. <laughs> and I'm over here with my my Jafark going. Ha, ha, ha. I know. You Jafark and your Basque wine. You my my Ahuligi. <laughs> Just say, uh, just say, say that with me, MJ. Ihuligi. 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 Yeah. Just look at, look at the ladies. Yeah, that's like, right. When you just, hey, you gotta, hey, why don't you come on over for some ahuligi? I got a bottle of ahuligi. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So let's talk. So you've written books. I've written some books. How many wine books have you written? Five. Shit. Yep. So. 
from the time you saw the Saw movie <laughs> till you read five books about wine, how long was that, Michael? About the, about the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, so I'll tell you how this started. We um, like I as I was studying for the Psalm, I'm reading all these books and wine books. As you know, can be a little dry. <clears throat> really, can can, yeah. can be a little dry. And uh, and I was like, why why isn't there like a fun wine book, like an exciting like what about like wine fiction? And like oh, there's that sideways book. That that book was kind of cool, but it's not a little more romantic for my taste. I'm like, yeah, I want to read like a wine book that's like got like like a wine graphic novel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or some something with some hustle and yeah. some guns and yeah. shit in it. So I'm like, that doesn't exist. So fuck it, I'm gonna write one. So I wrote this book about the um the secret underground world of high stakes gambling on blind tasting competitions run by the mafia and these two dudes that try to fucking scam the system to make off with all the money. So you wrote a, a rounders about wine. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I, or, or the color money right. about wine. Yeah, exactly. Um, based on blind tasting competitions. Um, and it was a lot of fun to write. And it, it was... That's a pretty cool concept. And it's... A, it's That's very cool. Actually. It's a pretty entertaining read. And I, I, mean, I had so much... We need some different wine movies, man. They're all... They're, they're, you know, they're... They all end up kind of being romantic, right? You know? Exactly. This is this is like the color Walk in the money. clouds with Keanu Reeves. You know, they all end up kind of being like romantic, you know, like... like. There's a market for that shit. Somebody get, I don't want to watch we, that I shit. I got fucked up. <laughs> I drank too much wine. Now I'm jammed up. <laughs> How do I get out of it? If I blind taste these 10 wines... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. You know, the yep. oligarch will, uh, will let me go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that, that's the book I wanted to read, but it didn't exist, so I wrote it. Uh, and then I wrote... Uh, a sequel to that and then I wrote a third book uh, a third sequel or a third book in that series with the same protagonists and it's all kind of the same style I wrote a book um, of short stories called The Champagne Tales that all have a theme about champagne uh, but each one is different and in it I basically tried to pull on every emotion that I could. So one of the stories will make you laugh. One's going to make you really angry. One's going to make you really sad. One's going to make you just cry. Um, there's one, one, I was beta testing this one story with <laughs> Anne and, uh, and I'm like, Hey, will you read this story? I want to see like, like if my little writing device worked. And so she's reading it and I'm sitting there like staring at her like this and she's reading it she's reading it she's reading it. And she gets to the end to the part and her face just drains of color and she just starts sobbing uncontrollably. And I jump up and I go, yes. And she looks at me like, why are you happy? that I'm like, well, I'm not happy that you're sad, baby. But, but I nailed it. But I nailed it. Yeah, fuck, it worked. Um, and then I wrote, obviously, I took the first 52 um, wine blogs and, and put them into drinking and knowing things, which hit number one in its category on, on Amazon last week. It dethroned the Wine Bible by Karen McNeil. For like an hour, <laughs> but, but I but I took a fucking screenshot when it did. Like, you got to so, do that, man. Because yeah, it happened. I, it happened. But I mean, I mean, so how would you compare this to the the wine bible? I mean, do you think? I mean, like. So I think the I mean, and I, by the way, I have three copies of the wine bible at my house. Yeah. Like that has been my go to resource for forever. I'm actually going to go back and look and see if she has a Jafark in there. I, see yeah, I know. I'm, I'm my my little. See, I'm Cliff Notes guy. You're way too smart for me. So, like, I have like Janice Jancis Robinson's Guide to Wine Grapes. Just it just has the grape, where it's from, you know. And yeah, that, that, it's so slim. So I'm gonna I'm like, how did I miss Jafark? Yeah, some somewhere I'm in that in that to, fucking I'm, encyclopedia I'm of gonna, grapes. I'm gonna go find Jafark. Um, so yeah, so so my whole thing on that is pick pick your buddy who's 
kind of interested in wine, but is not interested enough to spend any time whatsoever reading the wine Bible or chances or anything. Right. Um, but if you were out to dinner with them, you'd be like, dude, you want to try this Jafark? Why, why would I try a Jafark? Ah, it's fucking interesting. Here's what's interesting about it. It's from Hungary. I never fucking heard of the grape. Um, and it's weird. Well, are you in? We'll, we'll give it a go. Right. That's what this book is. It's just in written form rather than conversational form. It's three minutes of like, here's, here's a wine, a hooligi. Here's why I think it's interesting. A, it's from the French Basque region. B, it's Tanat, which is an awesome grape. Cabernet Franc, which is an awesome grape. And Cabernet Sauvignon. And I don't know any other place in the world that's putting those three fucking grapes together. And it's super minerally. And also it's got this crazy weird name that's fun to say. Totally. Like, totally. Are you are you on trying some of oh this my with God. me? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to do it. <clears throat> yeah. So that's what this book is. And the yeah. book's really cool um, because it's kind of got like a Banksy feel on the cover, you know. Um, so like in, inside of this book was there – what was um, – these are the first 52. What was like out of the first 52, what was like your biggest discovery or what was like – what did you have the most? Well, so so pretty much all these. Um, like I am going to write one about Jafark, uh, but there's no <laughs> the, the Jafark chronicles. Are you know, <laughs> the chronicles <laughs> of Jafarkia. Jafark I mean, <laughs> part one, Jafark part two. Um, but most of these, like I, I literally, it's whatever I'm drinking at the time. Like I'll I'll be sitting there. I'm like, oh, I'm drinking this Tanat. Mm -hmm. That there's one in here on Tanat. I think Tanat's number nine. I was literally I was drinking Tanat. I'm like, nobody knows about Tanat. Tanat's a great grape. Like you should be drinking more Tanat. And so that's kind of how I, I've written them. But what I, what I will tell you is there's a few that people tend to respond to. Okay. The, the champagne one, I get a lot of responses where people are like, the champagne one was great. There's one on wine etiquette and one on wine ratings um, that I get a lot of. Uh, well, wine ratings is a very, it's a, it's a controversial topic. It's an easy one to people, you know, people take sides very easily on that one. Um I you sent me the books. I didn't have time to go through them. <clears throat> I had brought them. I was going to go through them on the train, but that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what um, what's your, what do, what do you feel about champagne? What's your philosophy? Are you a grower? Are you a big house guy? Uh... Um, my philosophy is that I that's a wine that I completely love the style of, uh, particularly like vintage champagne, them stuff that spent a lot of time on lees. Uh, I really, really like. I would tell you that for the most part, I I could get a 10-year, um, you know, Asian Lee's 10-year champagne for 250 bucks. I could get a 10-year Asian Lee's um, Trentadoc for 70. So I'm probably going to drink the Trentadoc. Mm -hmm. um, but if I was going to drink champagne, I would probably be more like, let's go vintage Grand Cru. And some of those Grand Cru uh, ones, if if you kind of know the growers, you can get them, yeah, 30, 40 bucks. My whole thing is like, it's fermented grape juice, right? Right. As you know. And the reason that this particular vineyard, the wines there are 50 bucks, and the one that literally is 10 feet away, the wines are $400, is supply and demand. And so I'm like, they're pretty much the same wine. I'm going to enjoy them pretty much the same. I want the $50 one. And so in champagne, that's pretty manifest. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but I think I think one of the the one of the demise, if you will, <clears throat> of uh, bargains like in places like Champagne is like we have because the internet on one level. I mean, in the late '90s, we did this 
we it was ninety eight New Year's Eve, ninety seven, going into ninety eight. We did twenty five champagnes. We had Krug, DP, his first vintage of La Grand Dame Rose. And I mean back then there was only those were like one thirty a bottle. But but we had we had five Egli Oriers. And, it's and, great. and and Skernick had just brought it to the market. They were all like forty nine fucking bucks. Yeah. Right. And now, and now they're two hundred. Exactly. They're yeah. forty nine bucks. Yeah. And all five of those were in our top ten wines of the night, right? And now they're right. fucking, you know, two hundred bucks. Yeah. They were they were they were forty five to forty nine ninety nine in the late nineties. And, and but you have to grab it right like yeah. you should have just stocked up. <laughs> I did that with uh Domaine Loire uh released a Gamay this year and it was oh. the first year. Yeah. And uh and I like I bought as much of it as I could. Right. As, you know. as much as I could. Because I know next year that wine's gonna be a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. And two years from now it's gonna be five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean you know, and I just I just outed it on fucking I know on air. I know. It's the dumbest That's fucking okay. thing I could. Can we can, can we can fix that in post. We can't fix that. <laughs> but I, I think I mean, fortunately, I think um, um, the large majority of my listeners are like they run the gamut, you know. So I don't think anybody's going to make a run on the raw gamut. I'm going to go look into it though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to look into it. <laughs> um, and you know, I, that's another thing too. What 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 kind of like advice would you give people? Like you mentioned, Loa. Like what, like I always say, no no importers, no producers, and no regions. Because if you know those, if you, if you have an understanding, you can know what's right what's right next to you know Montrachet and is technically and it, even though it's a right. Borgonia because they're you know it it's fucking like really like Montrachet. Like what's your like what do you what how do you advise so, people when they ask that question? Like Michael, how do I know what's a good wine? Well, I, I steal the Paul Greco line, which is, you know, uh, if you take a sip and it makes you want to take another sip, and then if you take another sip and it makes you want to finish the glass, that's a good wine. Doesn't he, matter what it you is. You know what's so funny? Paul is actually coming in on Wednesday. He's the next uh, guest. Oh, no shit? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Oh, I've never met the guy. Oh, but I like, yeah. I, like I, I don't want to say I fanboy him a little bit, but I fucking fanboy him a little Yo, bit. You also, go to, you also go to Terroir and tear it up. Well, I, don't know if, I don't know if they're ready. We get uh, yeah, that. That's, I don't know that's, if they're ready. We, we've done that a few times. <laughs> matter, of fact, matter of fact, we were at Hearth last night. Now I mean, yeah. he's not affiliated with that anymore. Yeah. But anyways, he, tell tell him I said I like will. I, I like I respect Listen. the fuck out of yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I think for for me the thing that was most useful on my wine journey yeah. was I did this thing for about a year where I would go into wine shops. And I would make a point of buying shit that I didn't know what it was. Mm. And I would look at the label and I'm like, oh, I've seen that before. I've heard of that. Like, I might not know anything about it, but I'm familiar with it. And I would find stuff and I would check labels until I find something that I didn't know. And I'd buy it. Red, white, sparkling. Didn't matter what the fuck it was. Sweet, whatever. And I would take it home and I would <laughs> drink it. And yeah, like a lot of the time I wasn't necessarily a fan of it. Yeah. Sometimes I was a fucking yeah. huge fan of it. And then what would happen is, is you're just naturally curious. So like... You drink something, you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, what is it? It's Jafark. Let me look it up. Oh, it means sheep's tail. And there's, <laughs> oh, like, oh, it makes you give get a masculine child. All right, cool. <laughs> but but you're doing it because it's it's organic and it's fun and you're interested in it. Not not because uh, you need to know the difference between uh, Chassé Montrachet and Puligny Montrachet. And that's a big fucking important deal. And, like, I tell that to my friends. And I'm like, fuck you, we're not doing that. I tell them, like, do you want to drink the sheep tail line? It makes a masculine baby. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, like yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, let's try that. So I, I think this this idea of it's okay to be ignorant about wine. I make mistakes. I don't – like I learned last night about Jafar, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's 
you don't need to be an expert. Be comfortable not being an expert and be comfortable telling the song. Like, what's the weirdest shit you have on the menu? I want to try that. Like, literally, that's what we said to the person last night at, right. at Hearth. Um, so I think that to me is more important than trying to go through this journey of memorizing grapes or memorizing regions or memorizing whatever. Just try some shit and you know what? You're not going to like it all. <laughs> no, and, I tell people. That's cool. And I tell people, I'm like, listen, um, you, you, like, how do you learn about wine? I said, I taste, I taste shit. I taste shit. And like, and you're not, you might, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not varietally correct and it's not totally. showing a sense of place, but it's okay not to like it. Right. I don't, I just, I just. You know what happens is we we have this brand thing where okay everyone knows that silver I'm going to pick on silver oak and silver That's oak okay. is, a, is a well crafted wine that is absolutely exactly what it's supposed to be every time right. But everybody knows, like, oh, that's a that's an important thing. If you buy Alexander Valley Silver Oak for eighty bucks and you show up at your work Christmas party, but everybody is going to be like, ah, oh, nice, mm -hmm. you fucking brought the Silver Oak, oh, fucking sweet. You walk into any business dinner, you can order that. No one's going to make fun of you. You see it by the glass. You order it by the glass. Like, it's a safe play. The not safe play is the ahuligi. <laughs> right? That's not going to – It's not a safe play. And, and so most people are going to be like, ah, I'm going to opt in for this safe play. And, and then that just steamrolls forward and now we have an entire fucking country of people who are making the safe wine play. And you go to – like there's, there's a place in – there's a town in Spain where they do a wine fight every year. They – you load up squirt guns – and water balloons and shit with wine and you everyone wears white and the whole entire town engages in a wine fight for a day like all day all day like tell uh, me that's uh, not that, tell me that's not fucking awesome uh, that's kind of all day like even where you're like i'm all kind of imagine napa doing that like napa is like oh we gotta do it. that is not happening napa no but it should. Like, it should be this fun thing. Maybe some places in Sonoma. Maybe a, a ranch or two. Pa Paso might do it. Pa yeah, I could see it happen in Paso. Yeah. But not Napa. Right? And so I, I think- Which you know, sucks, right? Well, I, well, the problem was is we came behind the curve, right? Yep. So everybody else was making wine for thousands and thousands of years. And then we started doing it. We're like, we're, we're good too. We're, we're, we're good. Look at our stuff. It's, it's all so good. And, uh, and in order to do that, we had to- to be this, like, treat it with maybe a whole lot more respect than than uh, it needed to be treated, and it worked. We put our we put California on the map, and Napa is a. Leg I mean, there we have many legitimate the world famous wine growing region. It says it right there when it's you drive right on the fucking sign. Yeah, <laughs> and we need to do that. But the downside of that is there's not a wine fight. <laughs> <laughs> but there fucking should be. Wine Fight Club. Oh shit. So we we're gonna do start a Jafark revolution and wine fights. Uh, wine fights. Yep. I wonder if we could get people to pay to <laughs> to, 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 to throw may, wine at each other. May, well, probably a lot. Actually, I know. I, 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 I was honestly just yeah. yeah. I, I, you, it, <laughs> you get you get the wine and keg yep. on tap. You can hook the water balloon right up to the tap, yep. fill it up out of here, and sell water uh, wine water balloons for ten bucks a ten bucks a balloon. Yeah, it's like it'd be like a buy the glass program, a buy the balloon here's, program. Here's, here's a here's an honest question: like, if truly, if there was tonight, 
if there was a place that there was a wine fight that you could just go in and just throw wine. I'd win. <laughs> a, a, would you go? 100%. Yeah. I, 100% would go. How much would you pay? I'd pay 100 bucks I'd to pay, do that. Yeah, easily. I'd pay 100 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I might pay two. Yeah, I'd even pay two. I'm yeah. paying that to go on this fucking champagne cruise. So. <laughs> you don't even get to. <laughs> I'm not going to get to break a glass or throw any champagne in anybody's face. Hang on. I, I've got a great idea. If you want to get sort of more recognition for the podcast, take the champagne cruise and also make it the wine fight. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that would get a lot, I, I, a lot of notoriety. I'd be, like on, I'd be like on New York One. A wine podcaster was arrested for throwing a balloon full of champagne at the ship's captain of the catamaran. He muttered something about, we do wine wrong right. in the United exactly. States. <laughs> Fuck you. As he was being led away. <laughs> he called you, his lawyer, seen... Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the one thing that's funny is there was that, that Aladdin movie where the bad guy's name is Jafar. Yeah. So every time yeah. I hear Jafar, like we were laughing well, about Well, I'm thinking about weird. Jar Jar Banks, which everyone hated that character in the fake uh, Star Wars. Like, we can have him come back. We can, we can have Jar Jar Banks, folks, uh, Jafar night at New York Wine Experience. <laughs> All right, what have we got to talk about before we wrap up? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, by the way, what you were expected to get when you scheduled no, this I know, I know, I know, No, I know, I know, I know it's going to be fucking wild, so this is perfect. Uh, this is so much fun. Uh, I love I love this because, you know, you how I found you was another podcast listener sent me an email. Oh, uh, said you should check this fucking guy he's out? Like, he's like, you know, you you're, you said your show is about philosophers, the mavericks, the deep thinkers. <laughs> he's like, have I got a guy for you? <laughs> right on. And so, like, we, we started, we did some, I you know, I just Googled you real quick. And I said, I remember just like, we got to get this fucking guy on. This is going to be bananas. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was like, I was like, so five books, MW candidate, certified wine specialist, certified some. Um. When do you fucking sleep? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. But you know, dude, <laughs> I but here's here's the thing. You get one you get one time, right? You get one ride on the fucking merry-go-round, right. right? And everyone says, you know, find stuff that you're passionate about and do that and it's and then you have an amazing life. And everything that I do, like I I only want to do epic shit with cool people. That's all I want to fucking do. But if it's that, I'm all in, right. and that's that's an awesome thing to do. And and you know, yeah, I love writing books. I love wine. I love hanging out with wine people. I fucking love meeting guys like you. Hey, like this is this is a cool fucking way to spend a Saturday. Yeah, I would rather do this than do, I don't know, yard work or fucking yoga or what, whatever other people are doing. Yeah. Um. So like to me, it, it's yeah, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of effort, but it's fun shit. So no, it's, it's, it's pretty epic. Um, what are your other books you got? What, what are you on blind faith? What, what, what? So blind. So the blinders, this is the whole yeah. looking rounders trio. It's, it's, <laughs> it's blinders, uh, double blind and blind faith. Those are the three books. Then there's, uh, the champagne tales, um, which is the champagne's short stories. Uh, and then there's drinking and knowing things. All those are on Amazon, um, under my pen name, Michael Amen. Yeah. My middle name is Amen. So I'm, I'm you, you're getting that yeah, whole yeah, my MJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, 
Yeah, I'm MJ. I'm the real way of doing MJ, not with the fake no, fucking no, middle no, name no, the bullshit. Real name is in the, listen, you know, it's like it's what you say about my mama. <laughs> my mama called me MJ. There was three. There was three Marvins. My dad was Marvin. I have a cousin who's five years old named Marvin, and so um, my 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 government name is Marvin John Taller. So she the differentiation. I've been called MJ before Michael Jordan, before Michael Jurgens. <laughs> I'm the MJ. <laughs> I mean, I, I I mean, I guess if you're gonna do it the whole middle name way, I mean, it's not the traditional way of being an MJ, like the cool way, like me, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. You know. Yeah, but you know what? <clears throat> I get that. I thought I think about that. I, I stay up at night thinking about it. <laughs> But yes. like, but like, who gives a fuck what the world calls? My mama called me MJ. That's that's real MJ, man. My my mama called me Michael Eamon Jurgens. Yeah, that uh, usually yeah. started with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you know, when the, if she if she if she said Marvin John, I was in fucking trouble. Yeah, my, Michael Eamon meant like yeah. some yeah. shit was about exactly. to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I was about to get some sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so my my uh, my middle name's Amen and uh, all my books are published on Amazon under Michael Amen. But any uh, honestly, this is anyone who wants to to get on the drinking and knowing things bandwagon can just go to drinkingandknowingthings.com and sign up and you'll get all of them mailed to you once a week from the beginning. You don't even have to buy the book. Yeah. Like I truly my goal of doing this is to make I want to change the wine culture in America. I truly want to do this. Like we made this fucking thing out of it. It doesn't need to be this thing. Let's all start having fun with it. I want to go to Olive Garden and have them give me a Jafark for fuck's sake. Yeah, you know, when that you know? happens, you will have done some shit, my man. Yeah. Um, so what's next? What's next, man? What's next is you know we got a, we got another nineteen hundred and twenty acres of vines to plant in Bhutan. Um, we're gonna we're gonna make that country relevant on the global wine scene and um it's gonna it's hopefully gonna it will express a, a sense of place <laughs> but hopefully in a, in a really positive way as opposed to a negative way um and yeah we'll just keep doing kick-ass shit well um fuck uh this went by really quick um jesus christ like literally yeah, we we blew this up i i say this uh to, to I've said this to a few people, but you're a friend of the show. Anytime you want to come back on, just give me some advance notice and we'll fucking do it. We got to rip this. Is, this is awesome. Um, you know what we should do? Also, not go on camera. We'll just go out and drink some wine. Oh, we could do that too. Yeah. You just call me. I'm in fucking New York. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. Because I'm not. Like, I, we need I don't, plausible, I don't, I don't, plausible I don't, deniability. I don't, I, don't, I don't document all my <laughs> wine adventures. It's like, like these fucking influencers. I, sometimes I just want to enjoy fucking wine with cool people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need the whole fucking world to know about it. Yeah. Um, so, best place to find you? Uh, uh, com, BhutanWine.com, SoCalRun.com, Instagram. You know, I'm not... I'm not super good with the Instagram, but you know, I try to throw some shit up there. Uh, that's at drinking and knowing. Very cool. And uh, yeah, Wel- welcome everybody. Truly, if you want to change your life and learn some cool shit about wine, get on the drinking and knowing things bandwagon. Well, man, this has been a fucking trip. <laughs> this has been awesome. Trip. It's been awesome. Um, this is legit, right? So I say until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks. Check. Philosophers, check. Deep thinkers, check. And all the wine drinkers, it's your boy MJ. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. 
please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 